Hello, my friends. You are listening to the Shine at Work podcast, formerly known as Getting Off the Hamster Wheel. I'm your host, Karen Weeks. I'm a transformational career coach who helps career-oriented humans get unstuck and find and be successful in careers that bring them joy, fulfillment, and success. I believe you should actually love what you do, even on the bad days, that you can find a career that lights you up because, spoiler alert, it impacts how bright you shine in your whole life. Every week, I talk to someone who felt stuck in their job and found a way to build a career that was right for them, because I know how that feels when your light is dim. I made a career change from theater to HR and now coaching, and at times in my life, I've had to look inside to see what was important, what made me shine bright, and make adjustments along the way. It's possible. I did it, my guests did it, and I help others do it. I hope you walk away from each episode, not just inspired, but with some actionable advice. And I hope you find it so valuable that you subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and tell your friends, because we all deserve to shine bright in our lives, specifically at work. Okay, let's jump into this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Before we jump into today's episode, I actually wanted to share a special offer for all my podcast listeners. I have just a couple of one-on-one spots available, both for the rest of this year, 2021, but I'm also starting to open up spots for January of 2022 for one-on-one coaching to help you get unstuck, figure out what you want to change in your life and your career, and get you on a trajectory that's going to be amazing for the new year. Whether this is your broader life or specifically your career, I can help you. We will spend time unearthing why you're feeling stuck today, things that you enjoy, things that you don't enjoy, and what that all means for the future, both what kind of roles you could consider, what kind of companies, what kind of industries, is it a complete 180, is it a bridge role to get you to a new 180 career, or is it just taking a step forward and just trying to figure out what would make you happier in your life? that is tied directly to your career. So with all that, like I said, I've got a couple of spots left for 2021, um, but I'm also starting to book for 2022. So if you commit now, when you reach out to me, reference this podcast and I will give you a discount on my rates. I would love to work with you to help you figure out the best way to transform your life and shine your brightest in the new year. So let's connect. You can either email me at karen at karendweeks.com connect with me through these platforms or even on my website. And if you reference this podcast, I'll make sure you get the deal. All right, now on to today's episode. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to have Stefan here with us today. We've known each other for the last few years, but we've always talked about HR stuff and not as much about his own career. So I'm so excited to share his story with you. So I'm going to turn it over to you first and let you sort of do a quick intro and then we'll dive in. Well, thanks, Karen, for having me. It's uh, it's my pleasure. It's interesting to flip around. So I had you on the guest on my podcast. Now <laughs> I'm a guest on yours, which is awesome. Uh, Stefan Vincent, um, I'm the founder of the People First Community, which is a community of uh, made for and by HR, uh, sorry, human leaders to create a more engaging and more um, loving workplace. And I also work full-time the People First Communities are on-site gig, <laughs> and I work full-time for a company called Life Guides, and we are a peer-to-peer emotional and mental health well-being support for uh, solutions for employers. 
and um, obviously our amazing uh, community of guides so our guides are the ones who provide the peer-to-peer -peer support to our customers uh, employees um, and um, so i have the pleasure of leading our guides hiring them um, and then i have a couple of uh, colleagues as well who um, oversee that guide community and in, uh, in different areas so uh, very excited to be with you today yeah, no, and I think it's great that um, you've created this sort of HR community on the side, which ties to the work that you do, but also sort of probably over uh, supplements it as well. So, so we'll talk about how you got to the place where you're creating a community. So, but let's rewind first. Um, when you were in school or just starting off your adult life, what did you think you wanted to do when you grew up? Um, so as a kid, I went through all the different, like basic, I would say ideas that, you know, probably boys go through, uh, at some point early on, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. <laughs> I grew up in France, unless you, you know, if you didn't catch my accents and so then I wanted to be like a fighter pilot when Top Gun yeah. you know, came out the movie, I but I was that. not enough in mathematics. So my dream um, went away and then I wanted to be a lawyer and then I, I wasn't sure exactly what to do and I was like well, why not going to a business school business is, is vague enough so I have time to figure it out and see what I want to do and interestingly enough like in France you had to take like a written exam and then um, if you passed it then you would have uh, a few interviews to have in different schools around the country okay and then ultimately if they selected you and you had multiple choices you would make your own choice of joining a, a school so in one school um, you would have those like interviews with a panel in one school they asked me so when you graduate what do you want to do mm. and I said I would like to go in HR and one of the judges asked me why. And I said, well, because I want to help people grow and be efficient in their work and to love and love you know, the work that they do and feel valued. Wow. And so the, the judge responded, well, that's not the role of HR. <laughs> HR you know, drives policies and put processes in place, and but it's not the job of HR to make people happy. So I went to marketing because marketing was very much people focused. Yes. Right? <laughs> and so my career has always been in marketing and customer experience strategy. I've mm -hmm. been fortunate to work in different roles and different organizations to work on very like, fun projects that were really people focused. Yeah. And then over the, the years, I realized that everything that organizations do well on the customer side mm -hmm. could literally be applied to the employees from the research to the segmentation you know like we have you know, companies have different market segments they have yeah. different customer populations and demographics and they serve and they they offer different products they communicate in different ways yeah. to relate with the different customer audiences yeah but organizations tend to treat their employees as the same bunch of people mm -hmm. right Yep. So with that in mind, I started to do a series of events. At that time, it was called the EX for Employee Experience mm -hmm. Summit. And I did a podcast where I had the pleasure of um, hosting you as a guest. <laughs> uh, and it was really to educate you know, HR and uh, you know, business leaders on that kind of mindset, just applying CX principle mm -hmm. to the people's side. 
That's so interesting. So first of all, I have to go back to the Top Gun comment because I actually really wanted to be an astronaut. And then I learned about all the math and science that went into it. And I was like, oh, no, just kidding. That's not me. (laughs) So it's so funny when we learn different things about careers. But so many people do the like business focus, like um, business is a thing. It's successful people work in business. And so therefore I'm going to go there. Um, But I love your people first approach. Um, First of all, really funny that they said that's not HR, but sadly that I believe it. Um, But I do think there's a lot of psychology in business Um, and thinking about it from a marketing standpoint or a customer standpoint, or now an employee standpoint, you know, trying to think about what the users, the user behavior, what they they actually want, what gaps can we help um, provide? So it sounds like you always kind of get kept that human perspective, even when you were in marketing and CS, um, to think about, you know, then the EX experience. Why did you stay in marketing and customer uh, experience for as long as you did and doing this sort of EX thing on the side? Like, when did you kind of bring them all together? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, when, when they all came together, was I was working at that time for a very dysfunctional startup. Mm. And... Um, there was a lot of disengagement. Like yeah. People didn't really trust the CEO, didn't know where we were going. Yeah. Uh, even though we loved the product that we were developing, there was just, we were not engaged fully uh, just because of all those different dysfunctions. So I started doing a bunch of research on how to better engage employees. And that mm-hmm. was back in 20, 2014, 2015, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of resources that I have found online were very much HR focused, mm-hmm. right? And at that time, even at, within the startup, we were doing a full CX initiatives where we were talking to users. We were doing like, you know, a fully like immersive CX research. Even though I had done it before, I had never connected the dots. Yeah. And then I thought at that time, like I said before, well, if we do this on the customer side, why can't we do this on the employee side? Yeah. So I wrote a, a, a manifesto that I uh, published online, which was called um, B2E Business to Employee mm. the Marketing, a Path to Employee Engagement. Um, and that was really just to share my approach, yeah. right? On how we need to treat employees the same way we treat our customers. You know, mm-hmm. em- I mean, you know the adage, right? employee uh, happy employees make happy customers mm-hmm. but again we really need to you know talk to the to the employees the way we talk to the customers yeah. you know like market research to really understand yes. what are the motivators the motivations the needs the aspirations the inspirations of our people in order to allow them to be their best at work yeah right instead of bombarding them and limiting them with a bunch of different processes and policies and things like that. So that was the whole idea uh, how it came about. That's amazing. Well, and it's so funny because I often talk about how HR folks need to think like a product manager in the sense of like you do research, you test something, you create an MVP, then you get feedback and try again. Um, But I didn't think about it from the customer experience standpoint where it's very similar, like do the research, get the feedback, get the NPS, like all of that kind of stuff and think about what you need to do. Exactly. Um, So especially for someone who technically was not trained in this, but clearly had the right mindset and all of that kind of stuff. One of the questions I always get from folks is if I'm going to make a career pivot, how do I brand myself as this new thing? How do I help them understand how my skills are transferable? So how did you actually then make the shift? 
<laughs> that's 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 a very interesting question. So my, my angle personally, I'm not saying that it's transferable or applicable mm-hmm. to everybody else. But again, I moved into like sort of the people HR space because I was using that CX and marketing approach, right? If I had moved in, trying to move into the HR and people space from an HR perspective, I would not have had credibility because I just don't have any experience in HR, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, I've worked with HR teams, but I've never worked in HR and mm-hmm. my, you know, um, academic background isn't in HR at all. I mean, I did some HR stuff classes when I was in business school, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> but so that, that was my angle. It was yeah. really to challenge the, the traditional, conventional HR mindset from a marketing and CX perspective, mm-hmm. right? So I had some legitimacy and some credibility in that marketing and CX space. And I started small. You know, I started doing actually an event in uh, Indianapolis where I lived at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like highly successful. People loved the concept and loved the message. Um, and then initially I just wanted to really focus on indie and just do several events a year, mm-hmm. but it was so successful that I thought, well, instead of just trying to focus on a local audience, maybe I could go to like a national audience. Yeah. So I started doing the podcast and, and, uh, I actually took the events to different cities around the country. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Seattle, New York City, um, Cincinnati, Minneapolis, uh, Phoenix, and and others. Um, And again, just trying to bring that mindset, that CX and marketing mindset, and challenge the traditional, conventional, at times, boring Mm -hmm. HR mindset. Yes. Um, I think that's great. And the thing that I keep hearing is that I just kind of did it. Like, you know, I wrote the manifesto, I created these events, I then took them on the road, I did the podcast. So you just kind of like owned it and tried it. Uh, yes, but I, I've read a lot. Like I've, yeah. I read a lot of books on yes. the same idea. Like, you know, one, so a, a, two, three great books. Um, the Dream Manager mm. that I read even early, early on. I can't remember the author, but The Dream Manager. And then there was a book called uh, "Change Your," uh, is it uh, "Change Your Workplace, Change Your Culture"? Okay. Rex Miller and mm-hmm. how, like you know, office environment or office design can really change and impact mm. the culture. Okay. And then the third one was uh, I can't remember the the exact name, but it's uh, Jacob Morgan's book on the employee experience. Okay. Um, so those were the key three. Um, like books that I read that yeah. really that helped me just validate some of the things that I had in mind, even though the dream manager, I read it way before I even, you know, ventured into that journey uh, and then just listened to a bunch of podcasts yeah. to just to get, you know, a sense of what other organizations are doing. Uh, and then when I started doing my podcast and I've had so far about 150 guests or so. Uh, so I learned a lot. I mean, I love doing this, yeah. like, you know, like you're here, you and me, because uh, being a host, I learned so much from, you know, my guests and even just being a guest, I love how you ask the questions because they just keep me and push me think in different ways. Yeah. I mean, I now have three new books to add to my reading list. So I'm super excited yeah. for that. Um, well, and I think the thing that I was picking up on was um, you took the initiative to try to help with change. And I think some folks, whether it's their career or their company, they 
feel stuck because they don't know how to help initiate change. Either it's happening to them or they don't think they have the power to make the change. And whether that's literally within your career and be like, no, this is something you're interested in, read up on it, learn it, try something and make the career change. And I know that was a much simpler version of how it actually happens, but like you can do this. Or if you're in a company and you like what you do, but there's something within the company that doesn't set right, you can try to enact change internally. And I think that's something people sometimes can't always see. Yeah, well, it's an interesting comment. So a, a couple of uh, responses to this is, first of all, a funny thing is, you know, sometimes people ask me, so like you from France, why did you leave France? It's such a beautiful <laughs> country. And why did you come here? And by all means, like now I live in Phoenix, Arizona, but between Indianapolis, like in the heck, you had all those different cities to move to in the US. Why did you pick me in Indianapolis? So anyhow, and my sort of like funny response too is, people don't like change in France. We had the revolution a long, long time ago. We got rid of our king, but since then people haven't liked change at all, mm. right? So that's why I left. I wanted change. Uh, but more realistically, what's been interesting over the past you know, 16 months or so is like now we're in a, we're in a place where we never thought it was possible before. Yeah. Like, you know, when we had to adapt to remote working list for you know, knowledge workers. Mm-hmm. Some, like a lot of companies that I know of were completely allergic to the idea of having, not having their people in the office yes. every single day of the week. Yeah. And they never thought it was, they never even considered the idea of it. Yeah. Right. And then when they had no choice, but to go remote, they made it happen. And then they realized, well, it's not too bad, actually. And yeah. now many organizations, not all of them, the many organizations now are even adopting a hybrid model Mm -hmm. where people come in and go uh, at their will or there's some like you know expected days to be on in the office a week and you have to stick to those days but at least they're adopting the hybrid so just like a that was a long answer to your question but the short answer is you know change first of all is inevitable and it's Mm -hmm. always possible just have to push and push and push for it yeah so even if your organization if your organization is very risk averse and very conventional and conservative you just have to keep pushing pushing and pushing yeah. like a bulldog you just have to go after it and go after it and go after it and hopefully that will you know you will be able to instill some change if you can't then you may just have to consider going in the yeah well and i think that's the thing is that you know try if it feels right. And I'm not, you know, if it's toxic or like, obviously that's very different, but if you truly like what you're doing and like the people, you know, try internal change first. And then if it doesn't work, you know, there, of course you can change jobs, but, um, so I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. Um, as people are thinking about, uh, career changes and companies to join, you know, one thing I talk to a lot of my coaches about is, how to ask the question about culture. Like, tell me about your culture is such a popular question, but not everybody knows like what they actually want to ask. So as someone who focuses on employee experience and well-being and, and all the things that you do, what's your advice to candidates to say like how to ask that question to companies? Yes. Um, I would say what it's like to, to work every day in your organization. Mm. It's, it's, it's a simple question now you'll see how people answer. Yeah. Right. Now I've heard many times, oh, we work hard and we play hard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> does, it, does it define your culture, really? Yes. 
right? It is, so tell me that what it's like to, to come to work every day. And then based on the response, like, well, you know, you come to work and you clock in and then you go to your office and then you open your computer and, you know, well, it's not very engaging or it's like, you know, it's a lot of fun. Like, you know, we, we have all those different cross-functional projects and we put teams together to work on various projects. So your day or your week is going to be very different from one week to another. Yes. Right. And um, we really foster employee development and we have all those training programs available for you because we really want you to grow as an individual now we can promise you that you will be promoted but at least you will grow individually like professionally and hopefully personally as well mm -hmm. so that's our promise to you so that's a different appeal to you just come to work and you take your badge yeah. and you scan it <laughs> right the answer is more critical to the, to the question but if you just ask you know what it's like to work for your company tell me yeah I like that one. It also is interesting if you ask that to every person you talk to. Yes. It'll be interesting to see how different the answers are or how aligned they are. Like that is also another potential clue. Yeah. Now I, I was on a, I was on a, like on a, a different podcast workshops only on this morning. And I was challenging like the cohort on something mm -hmm. like from an organizational standpoint and from truly a candidate experience standpoint. Um, so what, what I was saying was, you know, I mean, a recording is like marketing and sales. You just mm -hmm. have to sell the culture and you have to see the culture as a product, right? And you have mm -hmm. to keep evolving the product over and over, but you can't lie on what the product is and is not and the yeah. culture itself, because here's the thing, like when you hire people and you promise, you, you said the promise plans, right? They leave something behind them. Mm -hmm. Even maybe at times a job that they really like because they see another opportunity to grow, they get a promotion, whatever it is. So they leave something behind and something that they liked in some instances. Yeah. Right. And if you sell, if you sell them something that is not true, you basically ask them to like basically sell their home and be yeah. homeless. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so a way to do this, and again, I know it's not applicable to all companies, but I was challenging that cohort to think a different way. So let's say that you're down to two or three candidates that you really, really like, mm -hmm. and you're not sure which one to take in, right? Why can't you ask, you offer them, it's not mandatory, but you offer them to take a half day, you pay them Again, let's say mm -hmm. 500 bucks for them to take a day, a half day off, right? And then you ask them to join your, the team they're going to be on yeah. for a half day and just job shadow. Mm. So they're, they're immersed for half of the day, right? And they have a, a sense of what's going to be like to work with yeah. that team, right? Because so some companies, you know, during the interview process, what they do is they say, oh, you know what? We're going to have you meet the team mm -hmm. for like, 30 minutes or an hour, but you just like going through Zoom or even just yeah. in person, just like, but you don't really have a sense of the team dynamic within an hour and what it's like. Now, I'm not saying that within a half day, you have a true sense of what's going to be like, but it's better than just like a 30 minute or 60 yes. minute meeting with the team. Yeah. Right. And I understand that, you know, many companies are, oh, it's not possible. We can do that. Well, well, why can't, like, yeah. why, why can't, you know, what if you did something like this? It doesn't have to be exactly this, but what yeah. if you allowed people to be immersed for a half day or full day and see yes. what it's like? Well, and I also, you know, even having candidates ask if that's even possible and maybe that prompts an idea for a company. And I think that's why I love having 
uh, HR folks or whatever we all want to call ourselves as part of the career changer podcast that we're doing is because not only is it your career change story and you can share the advice of what you've literally gone through as an individual, but then you can also help others who are thinking about a career change some of the things they can talk to these companies about or some of the things they can ask or see if it's even possible or for those folks that are in HR positions that are listening to this, think about it for your own um, uh, company. So it's sort of like a multi-pronged whatever conversation that we're having right now about career changes. Yeah, and so like from an applicant's perspective, I think the more challenging questions you ask, the more you can probe what the culture is about like if yes. all if every time you ask a challenging question or a bold question and they said no it's not possible no we can't do that that's very french by the way <laughs> but it's like okay well i'm not going to come work for you like i i yeah. want I'm, I'm more in the what if okay, so oh yeah i have this idea oh yeah that's great let's think about it let's yep. experiment it instead of saying oh no it's not going to work yeah Yep. That is so, so true. And, you know, cause otherwise you're just going to get like the, the uh, canned answer or the, the selling pitch. And so that's why I like some of the things that you mentioned about making it, you know, more tangible for what it's like to actually work there and do a little challenging or all those things. Cause you'll get a more natural response because they won't have that canned answer ready. I do a ton of interviewing. I know I've got my canned answers, but if you ask me something like that, that's going to break down that filter and I'm going to give you more honest answers. Yeah, yeah. I think you know the bolder and the most the more challenging the questions are from the candidates, yeah. the more they have a chance to see exactly what the culture is about. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Well, you have shared so much advice uh, over this time, but I always like to bring it down to one thing. So, especially as you think about your career change and your career journey, or what we are just talking about, what's one thing you want to make sure people walk away from uh, with a piece of advice from this conversation? Well, I would say that first of all, it's never too late to you know, switch paths in your mm. career. You don't necessarily have to go back to college or to school to get a degree. Yeah. Uh, there are many ways now to learn, um, to learn new things. Uh, it's more about following your, your passion. If you see that your passion can necessarily translate right away into a full-time opportunity, just do this on the side like you and yeah. I do this, right? And um, it could lead to... Now, having you move into what you really want to do full time, or you can just be a um, like a safe haven for you to keep you, you know, sane at the end mm-hmm. of the day, where you know, your day to day job may drive you crazy at times or <laughs> every day, but you have that sort of like escape room where you can do really some some things or some stuff that you're really passionate about. Yeah. So that's the low risk, um, you know, low expensive. Thing to do is just start an on-site gig before you it. define whether or not you want to do this full time. I love it. And to your point, you know, maybe you find that doing it on the side is, is enough in the right place for you to do it, or you're building amazing skills and experiences to, you know, better position yourself for full-time. Exactly. Yes. Excellent. Well, we are going to share all your different like social media handles and everything, but where, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Uh, LinkedIn. Perfect. Yeah, LinkedIn. I I hate Facebook. <laughs> I'm too old for Instagram and uh, TikTok, and I'm not a big fan of Twitter either. So yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. I just like Snapchat. I've never figured out TikTok. Oh, what? I won't. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us. I'm so excited to share your story and thank you for all your advice, both as, like I said, as a career changer, but also someone who helps companies think about building great cultures and what that means for candidates and how they can dig in a little bit more. So thank you so much. My pleasure, Karen. It's been fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Shine at Work podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Leaving a review just takes a few minutes and truly helps other people find the podcast. If you want to learn more about how I work with people to help them transform their careers and shine brightly in their lives, please visit karendweeks.com and follow us on Instagram at kdwcoaching underscore careers or join our Facebook group with the same name. And thank you as always to Astronaut Go Home for our music. Until next time, remember that you can and deserve to shine at work.